let me kick off by telling what, what we're going to do. We're going to play a game that I used to play with my kids when they were much smaller, and my wife thought it was twisted and demented, but we all really enjoyed it. She was the only one that didn't get it. And the game is called Spike Mat, okay? It's a great game to play with your kids because it doesn't really require... Uh, very much money, and it, it's just entertainment over and over and fun and fun and fun. So here's what you do. You, um, if your grandma has one of these laying around her house, you know, that your grandma puts down to uh, cover her carpet, um, what you do is you turn it upside down, okay? So when you turn it upside down, you know it has these little pokey things on it, you know, that you do because it's meant to be down so the carpet doesn't slip. But when you play spike mat, you turn the thing upside down, and then you take off your socks and shoes like our contestants have over here. And the idea is to go across the spike mat, okay? So you start on that side, and you have to try to end up on this side. Now, people have different uh, variations. My kids have learned there's people that have the uh, slow method, and then there's people that have the fast method. I don't know which one is better. It just totally uh, it just depends on the way you want to do it. But the idea is to get across the spike mat to the other side. So, Jake, you're up first. Okay, so this is Jake, and we'll see what method he tries. It, I did it this morning at my house, so, like, my, my feet are still bleeding, but I put socks and bandages on. It's not a big, no, no, so. Oh, look at that. He did it. He did it. Okay, Jack. So you went with the medium, the, kind of the medium go across. All right, Jack. <laughs> what was that sound that kind of uh, didn't like that? Huh? Okay, Josie, I, I really felt bad. Josie was asking me questions like, what are you going to have me do? And I'm like, oh, just, just do it. Just say yes. So, okay, Josie, let's see. She tests it out. Oh, she goes with the fast method. And all right, she does it. Okay, so my participants come up here. I told you we wouldn't have to talk, but for, um, for you doing this, I have McAllister's gift card for you, okay, a Chick-fil-A for you, Jack, <laughs> gift card, and uh, what's one in here? Oh, Starbucks for you, Jake, so, all right, give them a, a round of applause, thank you guys, I appreciate your help, okay, so that was the spike mat game, you're welcome to steal it, play it with nieces, nephews, uh, whatever, um, just if there's a lawsuit or somebody gets injured, don't call me, okay? I know nothing about it. So what in the world does that have to do with our teaching time? How in the world is Dan going to tie this into something spiritual? Well, I think many times in our spiritual lives, many times when you and I are, are trying to walk in our relationship with God, listen to what God has to say with us, we stand at the very edge of a spike mat and we look at the other side and the thing that God asks us to do is over on the other side. And when we look at it, we're like, hmm, I'm not so sure I want to do that. Uh, and and let, let's talk about this vision that Matt talks about a lot, okay? That our vision of our church is to be a catalyst for turning ordinary people into abnormally loving, joyful, courageous followers of Jesus. Today, we're going to focus on the abnormally courageous followers of Jesus, and what we're going to see is that sometimes when we are obedient and when we courageously follow Jesus, that there at times are sacrifices that we have to make that, that kind of make us uncomfortable. We talk a lot here as one of our values at Exodus is hear and respond, that we believe that God does speak 
through the Holy Spirit to us. And when he does, that we are encouraged to respond, that God speaks to his people and we can respond. But the problem is what happens when God asks you to do something and you hear God and you're thinking about responding, but it's a spike mat moment because you look across and you're like, there's a certain level of sacrifice that is going to take for me to do what God just asked me to do. And now I'm not so sure about this thing. Like, I was thinking it was just going to be like, you know, not cost me anything. It was going to be easy. It was going to be like some big reward. But now that it's actually going to cost me something, I'm not so sure that I want to do that. Now, there's this tension between obedience and sacrifice. There's a tension that we have. That, and, and here's a couple reasons why. I, I put them in three categories. One, um, well, hold on. Let me give you some examples. God may be speaking to you like in this tension of, of listening to God. Maybe it's in a relationship. M- maybe there's relational things that God asks you to do. Maybe God asks you to break off a relationship with a person. It could be a dating relationship or, or a toxic relationship. And God's like, say, you know what? You need to break that off. For, for other people, maybe it's a relationship that God says, I need you to stay in because it's a friendship or uh, maybe it's even a marriage or something that God's saying, no, I need you to stay in that. And it's that tension between obedience and knowing what that means if we actually do it. Maybe God's speaking to you uh, in the area of finances. And maybe it's God's wanting you to change something about your finances. Maybe God's wanting you to give a a portion or a larger portion of your finances to something or someone or some ministry. Maybe he's asking you to invest finances into doing something different. Maybe God is talking to you and speaking to you about something in your career. Maybe it's changing a career, doing something different in a career, taking a step of faith. Perhaps he's asking you to start something. Perhaps he's asking you to stop something. Perhaps God's asking you to go somewhere. Perhaps God's asking you to leave somewhere. In a room like this, there are all of those possibilities, but I do know that God is speaking to each and every one of us. And I know that obeying means some level of sacrifice, and that's where it gets hard for us. That's where the rubber meets the road. In 2006, I was a pastor on staff at a large megachurch down in southern Indiana. I had been there for 13 years. It was a church where I grew up. And Pam and I specifically heard God telling us repeatedly over and over, confirmed through prayer, friends, other people, that we were to leave there, move to Washington, Indiana, and help lead a church in Washington, Indiana. And um, I remember my friend Cindy Mason, who was a friend of mine that I knew in Evansville and also lived in Washington. One time she came up to me and she said, why in the world would anyone move to Washington, Indiana? Now she lived there, but she was asking me that. And at that moment I was like, Uh, other than God told me to, I don't really have a great answer for you. But because, uh, no offense to my friends in Davies County, but in Washington, Indiana, they have a Walmart, a Pizza Hut, and McDonald's, and beyond that, there's uh, uh, not much. Now, there used to be three seven-foot guys that used to play basketball there, but now that's even gone, so uh, they don't even have that anymore. But God asks us to do things sometimes that don't necessarily make sense, that, that aren't necessarily rational, aren't necessarily even logical, But he asks us to do them, and he has a supernatural reason why, and yet we have this spike mat moment when we're, like, looking at the other side and wondering, I don't don't know if I really want to do that because of what it's going to cost me, because of what it's going to feel like. And there are reasons for this tension and pain, and let me share with you three different reasons for the tension and the pain. One of them is our desire for comfort. We love 
comfort. We love things to be comfortable. We love comfortable cars. We love comfortable chairs. We love the temperature to be comfortable. We want clothes to be comfortable. We love comfort, and we avoid pain at all costs. That's why we don't like shots. That's like why we don't like to go to the dentist. That's why anything that involves pain and discomfort, we try to uh, uh, push in a different category and stay away from. And yet, God asks us to do things sometimes that are going to be very uncomfortable. And that's the spike mat moment of when we have to decide whether we're going to obey and trust God or do our own thing. So what do you do when God is asking you to do something that doesn't line up with your desire for comfort? That's the question. The next area is our desire for stability. We like things to be stable. You want to walk into your home, apartment, whatever, this afternoon and know that it looks just like it did when you left. You want your car to start when you put the key in this afternoon. We like things to be predictable and stable. That's just the way we are. Everyone understands that. We get that. And yet, what do you do when God asks you to do something that's going to shake the foundation of your stability? That's when it gets hard. The next area of tension is our desire for control. We like to control things. We always like to be in control. You know, we want God to do things our way. We'll kind of write out the script. We just need God to follow it. And um, we don't like letting go. We, we like to have the remote control in our hands. And so when it's in our hands, we choose the channel, we choose the movie, we choose when to pause, we choose when to go back, we choose another show to watch. But God's like, well, hold on, will you hand me the remote? Because I, I want to I, I do the remote, and I just want you to be okay with that. And that's when we have a spike mat moment. Now, we're going to look at a story of a guy, it's part of the Christmas story, that had the exact same kind of experience. This, this whole idea of obeying God and there being sacrifice is nothing new to us in 2014. So we're going to look at the story of Joseph. Joseph, the father of Jesus, okay, the earthly father of Jesus. We're going to look at his story. It's a Christmas story, but what I want you to do is forget that you know the end of the story, okay? I want you just to dig into the story, just feel the emotion, feel the pain, feel the realities, and put yourself in Joseph's situation because Joseph has a very spike mat moment where he is asked to obey God and he has to really wrestle because he knows obeying God means a sacrifice. It means loss of control, loss of comfort, loss of stability, and yet God is still asking him to do it. So we're going to look in Matthew chapter 1. If you have a Bible and you want to follow, if you follow along on your phone or your tablet, or we'll have the verses up here on the screen. This is God's request from Joseph, or to Joseph to obey, and we find it in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. And this is what we read there in verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. So we'll stop right there. Okay, Mary and Joseph, they've got the date set, She's got the dress picked out. They got the venue that they wanted. I mean, this whole thing is just going. You know how that works with weddings. I mean, the whole thing's rolling. They, they, they're, it's, it's going good. They got the photographer. They're going to do the video. It's, you know, it's awesome. It's all going to be great. Now, something that is a little different than wh what you and I usually experience is, we don't know this for sure, but it's probably very likely that Mary and Joseph didn't know each other very well. Because in this culture, in this time, it was common for parents to arrange marriage, which is weird to us. 
And every time I'm here with Rajesh and, and he's in India and he tells me that he has an arranged marriage, I'm like, I still don't get that, Rajesh, because I don't live in India, but that was the, the, the norm for them. So they may have known each other, but they didn't know each other like dating in America, okay? So you got to kind of understand that. They didn't really know each other, and they certainly didn't go through the typical dating experience. Okay, second part of verse 18. But before the marriage took place, while Mary was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I know that Mary was a virgin, because we know the whole Bible story, because it's in, in the Bible. But Joseph, for Joseph, put yourself in Joseph's shoes. I mean, the, the girl that you're marrying, and you know that you've not had sexual relations with her, that you're engaged to, and all this is going to happen, now he hears this news that's shocking, confusing, and disappointing. I mean, could Mary be trusted? I mean, is, he, is she telling the truth? He, he, there, there's this crazy, it, and she talks about this immaculate conception. Like, we have heard of the immaculate conception. It hadn't happened yet, so he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. This is the craziest story I've ever heard. This is a episode of Jerry Springer, okay? Joseph is like, I'm living in an episode of Jerry Springer here. I don't know how this happened. Why me, God? Verse 19. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So, Joseph is this upstanding Jewish young man, and he knew the Old Testament law, and in the Old Testament law, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2, this is in your Bible, you can go home and read it, this was what was to happen to a woman that was pledged to be married that was unfaithful. It says this, she shall be brought to the door of her father's home, and there the men of the town shall stone her to death. She has done a disgraceful thing in Israel by her promiscuous by being promiscuous while still in her father's house, and you must purge this evil from among you. Joseph knew that that was what the law was. That's what the law stated. So he's trying to do one step better and say, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't really want to do that. I'm just going to disgrace or gracefully, quietly, like, divorce Mary, and we'll just kind of annul this or end it, or, which is very admirable of him, because that's a lot better than stoning, I think you would agree, right? So, verse 20 as he considered this, this referring to divorcing her quietly, because, see, at this point, Joseph didn't believe Mary. He's not buying the story. He's like, I'm getting divorced because, I don't know, this lady's crazy. I don't know what she's coming up with, these crazy things. I don't even know what she's talking about. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So not only is Joseph's wedding and marriage and this whole idea he had in his mind shattered. Now he finds himself in this spike map moment where God is asking him, no, I want you to go ahead and marry. Mary. I want you to take her as your wife. I, I know you maybe don't understand everything, but what she's saying is true, and I want you to go ahead and, and, and take her as your wife. I'm telling you this is what I want you to do. And Joseph stands with his toes at the edge of the spike mat and, and looks, and he's like, I, I, I don't know if I want to do that. I, I mean, that takes me out of my comfort zone. It, I, I'm not in control. Uh, you know, I, I'd like uh, for things to be stable. I, I don't even know what this means. I mean, what are the guys going to say? I mean, will anyone ever believe me? Is this the dumbest decision I've ever made in my life? All these things are racing through his head. And then the angel tells Joseph why in the second part of verse 20. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So the angel confirms Mary's story. It just wasn't some pregnancy that happened. She had been faithful. But who else is going to believe this? I mean, that has to be going through Joseph's mind. Verse 21. 
and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And you and I know what that means. We know, okay, Jesus is born, and they, they have to leave, and they have to go to Bethlehem, and then, you know, there's a star, and there's the king, and they have to hurry back. We all know all that's going to happen. Joseph didn't know all that was going to take place. I mean, he had no idea what saying yes even meant. He knew that he was probably going to lose comfort, lose control, and lose stability. That there was a sacrifice, but he didn't know what the sacrifice was. He had no way of, of knowing. Let's skip down to verse 24 now. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He was obedient, and he took Mary as his wife. He decided to walk across the spike mat even though he wasn't sure what being obedient meant. Didn't have it all figured out, knew that he was kind of giving up control and stability and comfort, but he was obedient to what God had called him to do. You know, when April and Lyric were up here, I was thinking, you know, it'd be a lot easier on Wednesday nights to not prepare food and go into strip clubs, right? Would that not be a lot easier? I mean, there are a lot of other things that they could be doing. There are a lot of people that pray, a lot of people that join them and do that. There's a lot of work that goes into that, but why do they do it? Because somewhere along the line, they, they feel that God has called them to do it, and I know because Lyric is my own daughter, the first time she walked in those doors, she was scared to death. So, it's a matter of being obedient, and it's that, am I, am I willing to take on the pain and the sacrifice of being obedient to God? What he is asking me to do, knowing that it's going to be scary or, or uncomfortable, or I, I'm out of control, or this is not my element, I don't do this. And yet, if God asks you to do something, he's saying, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Just trust me. Verse 25. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, I'm a guy, and that part of it, I'm just like, now, come on. I mean, Joseph is thinking of his honeymoon. He's got this, you know, all in his mind. He's thinking, I can't wait to the honeymoon. And it's like, okay, now we even, okay, the honeymoon's not even going to be what I thought. There was a huge sacrifice. Joseph's, Joseph's sacrifice, his obedience meant sacrifice, ridicule, pain, and certainly not the script that he wrote for himself. But here is the principle that Joseph knew. And if you don't get anything else out of what we're talking about today, I want you to get this one thing, okay? Obeying God may involve pain, but it will always lead to a blessing. Obeying God may involve pain. It may not. A lot of times it does. That pain is a pretty broad term for all the sacrifice. Who knows what it would be? Obeying God would all involves pain, but it always leads to a blessing. And because Joseph believed that, because he knew that his God was faithful, he said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do what you're asking me to do, even though I have no guarantees other than your promise of faithfulness to me. And what is a blessing when I say that, that obeying God leads to a blessing? A blessing is any expression of God's goodness and love towards you any expression of God's love and goodness towards you. That may be tangible, that may be intangible. That may be physical, that may be spiritual. That may be emotional, that may be psychological, it may be financial, or it may be immaterial. I, I, God has a billion ways of blessing us. He promises the blessing, but we never know how that, what that's going to look like. When I was a uh, 
quite younger, my kids were quite younger, one of the things that I always loved was trying to get them to jump off the diving board. And uh, my, my kids are here today, and they're obviously much bigger, and you see Keaton over here, he's six foot five, but I can remember the day we stood at the diving board, and I'm treading the water, and he has his floaties on, you know what I mean, and he's at the end of the diving board, and I'm trying to tread water and get him to jump, and he's looking and then walking, you know, back down the board, and then and come down, and, and I'm a father, as a father, I'm wanting him to jump. Now, in his mind, like, why would I jump? when I can't swim in this huge pool of water, hoping that my dad will catch me. I mean, I understand that. But as a, as a parent, you're like, no, you, you want to. You don't want to be 25 years old, you know, and still wearing floaties and not know how to swim and be standing at the edge of the diving board, you know, scared to jump in the water. It's just, just good to kind of get that out of your system while you're a kid. My goal today, though, is to invite, invite you, invite every one of us and myself to be willing to walk into the pain of obedience. What I mean by that is whatever it is that God's calling you to do. I, I want to invite you as your pastor because I love you, because I know that God is faithful. I want to invite you to walk into that pain of obedience. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I, I know, you know, you could tell me the stories, well, Dan, well, this and that and that. I get it, I get it, I get it. I get all that stuff, I get it. Because I have it in my own life. But if God is calling you to do something, Yes, there is sacrifice, but I'm inviting you to walk through the pain of obedience because there's a blessing on the other side. There's a blessing which you wouldn't be able to probably fathom, but there is a blessing, and my goal is to invite you to do that, whether that's a small step or a big step. Maybe for some of you it's a rather small step. You know, maybe God is, is asking you to do something. Maybe it's talking to a person or asking someone for forgiveness or giving a little bit of money or giving a little bit of your time. And if that's what God's asking you to do, I want to invite you to do it. But maybe God's asking you to do something big, too. I mean, I know what that's like. Maybe it's big. Maybe it's going to require leaving your job or changing your career or your course of study. Maybe it's picking up and moving. Maybe if you do what God says, you're going to lose your income. Maybe it, it's, it's giving up your house. Maybe it's breaking off a long-term relationship. Maybe it's staying in a marriage that's been dead and you, there's no feelings of love there. I don't know what it is for you, but I want to invite you to walk through the pain of obedience on that spike mat, knowing that God will be faithful to you and has blessings for you on the other side. So, when we did the spike mat, one of the things that I wanted to do was make sure at the end that I gave them something, that I gave them, because that's part of the analogy. It's like the spike mat, we go across, and when I gave, um, when I gave them each a gift card, that, that's just, it, it, it's not going to be a gift card. You're not going to go through and God's going to like, you know, put an Amazon gift card in your mailbox. I'm not saying it's going to work like that. But it represents the blessing that God says, I will be with you. I will be there along the way. I will bless your lives. And if you are obedient, yes, there will be discomfort, yes, there will be pain, but there will be blessing. And let me close with this thought. If you're obedient to God or not obedient to God, you have no idea what lays in the balance, what hangs in the balance. You have no idea. You, there may be people, when you get to heaven someday, there may be people in heaven that are there because you were obedient to what God called you to do. And, and, and we think, wow, that, I, I, don't, I, I can't fathom that. that. We have no idea what hangs in the balance when we're obedient. And the same is true when we're disobedient. 
We have no idea what ways in the, because God's not in the business of all the physical stuff that we see in the earth. He's in the business of supernatural things where lives are changed and people are impacted and, and eternal things that, that happen. And who knows what will happen if or if not you are obedient. But I think a lot hangs in the balance of our obedience. This church is almost 10 years old now. And we come here today, and we've sang, and, and Matt and Kathy Nussbaum are not here. They're in Columbus being able to share with another church. But I know from talking to Matt and from working with him for the last four years, he had a huge Spike Matt moment when he was at a church in Michigan, and he felt God saying, you need to go back to Bloomington and start a church. And there's like a thousand questions, like, well, well, no one will come. Well, where do I get the money? Well, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you can just, I understand that. You can just go on and on and on. But, but God said, no, I want you to do it. If you do it, I will take care of the details. I will handle all of those things. I will take care of all those questions that you don't know answers to. And so Matt and Kathy walked across the spike, Matt. And some of you are here today. And some of you serve here. Some of you are able to come here and, and grow through this ministry. Some of you that I've known your story, some of you have come to find, find your salvation and know Jesus here. Some of you have been baptized here. Some of you have received blessings because of this ministry, because Matt and Kathy Newsbaum were willing to walk across the spike mat and be obedient to God, even when it meant moving your family, coming to the Boys and Girls Club, not knowing who was even going to help or even who was going to show up. But there are things in your life that God's asking you to do. So my challenge today that I want to leave you with is I just want you to walk through the pain of obedience, knowing that there's a promise of blessing if you are faithful, because your God is big enough to handle all the details. He's big enough to handle your comfort concerns, your stability concerns, and your control concerns. Let's pray. Hey, God, I, I know the message today has been um, challenging and difficult and much easier to say than it is to necessarily uh, follow through and believe, but I pray for each person here, and I pray, first of all, that each of us would hear from you, and as we hear, um, we would have the courage to be obedient to whatever it is that you're asking us to do. And so, Father, thank you uh, for your faithfulness to Joseph and the story that shows us that you asked him to do something that was um, ridiculous on a lot of fronts. Like, why would somebody do that? I mean, I'm sure he had people in his life told him that that's the craziest thing you've ever done. You're making a huge mistake. But following you is not about pleasing the people around us. It's not about uh, trying to look good in front of others. It's not about trying to do things that other people understand. It's about trusting that you've called us to do something and that uh, you are faithful to us. And if we are obedient, there may be sacrifice involved, um, but there will be a blessing. And we thank you for being that kind of God that is faithful. And we say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to move to taking the Lord's Supper together. And here at Exodus, if you're a follower of Christ, you're invited to participate with us. So we'll have a station here in the middle and one at the right and the left. 